There are two types of speakers, those who are nervous and those who are liars. But if you know the nerves are coming, you'll be able to handle them. You got this. Hey everybody, this is Speak Easy with Eric Egan. I've made a career out of speaking in front of people and a camera, learning a ton about this craft along the way. How to be comfortable and exude confidence, learning from my mistakes, which have been plenty, and becoming accustomed to harnessing that nervous energy we all experience. I say all that because I know how important standing up in front of a crowd of two or a hundred can be in all of our professions. And I'm here to show you, I can help you perfect your pitch. Let's do it. Hey, ladies and gentlemen, Eric Egan coming to you for the next episode of Speak Easy. Hope everybody is doing well. Thank you so much for tuning in and coming along for the ride. I have a fantastic episode, uh, just irreplaceable content, I'm going to say it, to pass along today. Um, we're going to get into uh, a part of the, the public speaking message. Um, of course, everything is about planning and preparation and practice, and so I don't want to mislead you there, but we're going to focus today um, on, on how you carry yourself and, and how you come to the table and, and, and how you look and, and, and what you do with the audience in terms of delivery and, and body language that can really connect. This is, this is part of the process that I've hung my hat on for, for about 17 years in speaking. It's what I really enjoy. Of course, the speaking is important and, and, and that goes without saying, but this is the connecting with the audience, winning them over, locking in, making eye contact. So we're going to dive into that. I'm super excited. I'm glad you're here for it. This is a big episode. Before I do that, let me uh, humbly, very humbly say thank you. Uh, thank you for the support. Uh, thank you for the, the kind messages on social media. Thank you for subscribing in, 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 in the reviews, all that stuff. And I have to say it because... If I'm honest, it's unexpected. But what you have done is is you shown me the, the need for what we're doing today. And, and this support gives me just more affirmation and motivation. It made me think of this line. Please listen. Every time you open your mouth to speak in public, friends, you're a public speaker. Every time you open your mouth, you're a public speaker. These skills, uh, they're, they're utilized in every day, whether it's a personal relationship Maybe it's at work, given a presentation. Maybe it's just in a group of moms. We use these skills, and they're so critical. And that just cements my place here. So thank you for coming along. I, I, I appreciate your willingness and your support and your interest. Uh, it, it, I feel like we're, we're building something here, and I, I, I couldn't be more pleased with that. So thank you. Uh, this episode today was really born out of uh, something unexpected. I took a trip with my brother and another close friend to visit a couple distilleries recently. Uh, a birthday trip to, to celebrate a big day ending in zero. I'll leave it at that. But it's mine and it's on the way. But what I picked up there kind of opened my mind and it took me back to a place that I believe is is one of the pillars, part of the foundation for Speakeasy. And, and I want to introduce it that way because... It's a reminder that we always have to leave ourselves open to learning. You can always pick up a new skill. 
can always pick up a technique that you possibly hear or see somebody doing that you can use and implement and better yourself. Um, don't feel like it's stealing, it's borrowing. We all, we have to constantly be, be searching for this information and in the end, it's only gonna make you a better public speaker. Uh, a couple examples I wanna share, whether you're listening to a podcast like you are right now or maybe the radio. How about comedians? They are so fluid. They, they have such a, a good way of remembering their act into an, engaging with the audience. Uh, another one, I spent a lot of time uh, I have spent a lot of time in my journalist career in court. Uh, I'm talking about trial lawyers and the way that they deliver a message to a jury. Uh, you know, they, they really, not only do they have to put it out there, but they're always working to convince you and to sell you what they're saying. Um, musicians, they're up in front of people. They engage. They work with the audience. Church services. Some of the, the most influential people in my life that have that have taught me quite a bit about how I want to speak in front of people and how I want to put together and deliver a message or or some of my church pastors. So we always sort of have to be open to learning. And I go back to what I mentioned about my distillery trip, but there was a, a, a tour guide and he was so engaging he did so well with connecting with, uh, I want to say there, there was a group of maybe five to eight of us that a light bulb sort of went off. And I said to myself, I want to work this into the next episode of Speakeasy. So that's where we are today, everybody. The episode topic, it's about winning over and connecting with the audience. Number one, point number one, I'm, I'm going to give you four points and in, in a few subpoints uh, within each each part of this message, but the first one here: be prepared and keep the audience's attention. Uh, you have to you have to you have to know your stuff, and being prepared has to do with repetition and rehearsing ahead of time. One of the best ways to do that is standing up in front of a mirror. And I know that's hard because in real time you see yourself and it's always tough for us to watch ourselves. But another way to do that is also to record yourself on video. You know, perhaps uh, using your iPhone, setting that up talking in front of it for maybe one to two minutes, going back, looking, sort of evaluating what you do with your hands, your your crutch words, you know, the ums, the reallys, the uhs. Those are unfortunately ingrained in, in how we talk. So it's a good way to weed to weed all that stuff out by watching yourself over as you, you know, as you practice and as you rehearse. I've said this before, I will always hang my hat on this, that repetition simulates experience. The more you do it, the better you are at it. Eventually you're more confident and that's going to come across in your presentation. Now I'm going to dive a little bit deeper into this first point in future episodes. We're going to talk more about message prep and delivery and and really break it down probably with several episodes because so much goes into message prep but i did want to list it as number one today because if you're on point if you don't trail off if you don't kind of get lost that's going to make the audience that much more interested in what you have to say okay the next point how do you win over how do you connect with your audience folks you do so by showing them you want to be there and that, that falls under body language, how you carry yourself, how you connect with them more on a nonverbal level. So that starts with showing interest, walking into the room, uh, you know, getting enough sleep the night before and bringing enthusiasm to the table. If you come across as being totally committed, totally bought in, you're going to catch their eye. It's, it's, it's been said an adult attention span, you know, your true attention span when you're really, you're really focused is about 15 to 30 seconds. Well, if you walk in the room, 
with a smile on your face, you're excited, you're ready to go, and, and that, and you you project that, it's gonna land well. So that's that's where I want to start when it comes to showing the audience you want to be there. Next up, eye contact, right? Eye contact. And some of us have a hard time with this. When you meet somebody, this is something I work on. It's something I, I try to teach my, my kids. You want to make eye contact. Make a good first impression. And there's a few things with eye contact that I want I want to bring up. And there's not necessarily a, a tried and true set of rules to follow because every situation is a little bit different. And here's what I mean by that. Let's say you're walking into a room, you're teaching a class, or maybe you're giving a presentation. There's a room of about 10 to 20 people. That's what we'll say. When you go in there, you got to lock on guys. You got to lock on to the people in the room. And it's one of those situations where you got to do it long enough, but not too long where it gets a little awkward. You follow me? And what I call what I call these moments are eye shakes. Make your eye shakes. Connect with probably three to four people in the room. You want to spread it around. It's okay to look for that friendly face. Maybe there's somebody in the crowd that you know well, because that's going to make you feel better, and you're going to feel like you're connecting to the crowd, even though you might know that person already. But you also want to look for a few faces that, hey, maybe are unfriendly. Or maybe you don't know. Maybe you don't know so well. So when you start off, spread it around three or four people. Make eye contact, and hold it for a few seconds. Um, you'll know. You'll know when it's too long. You'll also know when it's too short. But it's almost okay to go longer than short because when it's when you look away too soon, it projects uncertainty, and that's the opposite of what we're going for. Of course, you want to maintain your credibility. You want to be. You want to project confidence. In the fact that you're approachable, welcoming, inviting, all these positive ideas. So you go in, you find a few people, you make that eye contact three to five seconds or so, and then you move on to the next person. And it's important to spread it around, hold it long enough where you know you've made that connection. Again, I call those eye shakes. It's something that just, you know, handshakes, obviously. It's easier for me to remember in that way. Hey folks, this is coming to you in pre-production. I don't know how I didn't think about this to begin with, but eye the tiger, right? Think of that when you're in the room, you're making eye contact, you're trying to make a good impression in front of people. This song motivates me, so I had to share it with you. Do yourself a favor for a little 80s glory. Check out this video on YouTube. You won't be disappointed. Eye the tiger, friends. Okay, back to the regularly scheduled podcast. Next up, smile. Smile shows that you want to be there. It eases the tension for everyone. Uh, it's inviting. It warms the room. If, if, you're, if you see somebody walking down the street, who do you want to talk to? The person with their head down looking gruff and, and grumpy and unhappy or somebody with their head up and, and, and it's like they're having a good day and they're smiling? That shows that you're relaxed. That shows that somebody can have a conversation with you and they're going to be more open to receiving your message when you are more welcoming and you project that. It, Believe it or not, yeah, there might be some people in the audience who, who might not be cheering you on, whatever or however you want to spin it. But when I'm on this distillery tour or when I'm part of a group or when I'm in an audience, 
The audience generally wants the speaker or the tour guide or whoever it might be, maybe somebody performing on stage, you want them to do well. You're not, you're not cheering for their demise. You're cheering them on. It's going to make the experience more rewarding and more enjoyable. Um, so, so always remember that. If you're up in front of people and you're, you, know, you just feel awkward, this isn't your thing, you dread public speaking, they, they're on your side. They're your fans. They want you to do well. Maybe they have the same fears, and we've talked about that in the past. So just remember the audience wants you to do well. Um, get to know the audience you ever notice that if somebody uses or uses your name, it helps you lock in a little bit? It's because people gener- generally like the sound of their name. They like when someone uses their name. In my career, when I sit down in front of somebody and, and I'm, I'm interviewing them, uh, it, it, it's something I, I greatly enjoy. Um, let's say I, I pose a question and the person I'm talking to comes back and says, Eric, you know, that's that's a really good point. That's a really good question. I'm glad you asked that. First up, hold up. <laughs> they're buttering me up a little bit. You know, they're telling me that that I'm I'm doing a good job interviewing, basically, and it works. But it, it also perks my ears um, because they did they said my name, and in, in it I feel like that I'm making an impact, and it's engaging. It's always engaging. And if somebody's maybe not paying attention, remember when we were in, in a big lecture hall. In, back in school, back in the day, or, or maybe currently, if, if you're a student, if a, if a professor or a teacher calls out your name, whatever you were doing, hopefully you weren't on your phone, or maybe you were just, just daydreaming or thinking of something else, it's going to sort of bring you back down to earth. But most of all, use people's names because they like the sound. They like what, they like what their name, or they like to hear their name. Your voice. How do you show people you, you want to be there? This this is a little bit for me comparable to making eye eye contact because when you talk about your voice, you want to project, you want to be basically just loud enough on a level that makes you sound authoritative, but you have to walk that line where you're showing enthusiasm and you're speaking up, but you're not yelling. And one of the one of the tricks that I use to because um, I'm projecting on every single day. I'm projecting on, on the news. You, you have to fill a room. And here, I'll, here, here's a good example. When I'm on TV, y- you want to use a conversational version of the voice like I'm using right now, or, or I call it your uh, um, call your mom voice. If you, if you call up your mom, you're going to be conversational. You talk to her like you've been talking your whole life. But to fill a room and to speak to a camera or, or to speak to somebody that you're trying to make a good impression with, you got to bring that certain level, audible level, to the table. So how do you do that? How do you resist yelling? How do I project and show that enthusiasm without screaming at somebody? What has helped me in the past is remembering to resist um, resist the, the pitfall of trailing at the end. And the way I do that, and I still do this to this day, because when you're, when you're giving a statement, at the end of it, it's sort of human nature to kind of you know, go a little quiet as you finish up. Um, that also shows uh, a lack of confidence, unfortunately, and, and a bit of uncertainty. So what we do, we just put some extra emphasis on the last word. Really articulate it. Really say it you know, to the final letter. And that'll help us keep our, our voice at a good volume. It'll prevent us from, from screaming, but most importantly, it'll prevent us from trailing off and we'll, we'll sort of um, um, round third and, and come home, if you will, to, to finish off the statement that we're saying.
So that wraps up communicating with the audience that you want to be there, that you're showing interest, you're making eye contact, you're, you're speaking at a, at a good level, you're, you're saying names out loud, you're remembering them. Here's a good point I wanted to, uh, to add to that. Say the names out loud after you meet people when they walk in the room if you're giving a presentation. I've always said if I don't use it, I lose it. So saying their names out loud, um, then of course they'll hear it as well, but it's also a good way for you to remember their names and, and just to be more engaging and, and, and getting them in on, on the conversation. And, of course, smiling, that eases tension, that makes you more inviting, um, that, that encourages people to, to be involved with the discussion or the presentation. And that, that moves me to point number three for the topic today. Welcome questions. Welcome questions, guys. Uh, welcoming questions encourages engagement. And the audience is, is just naturally, they're going to be more locked in if they're involved with what you're saying. And... I fully understand a fear comes along with that. There's there's a bit of a hesitancy uh, of resisting the the opportunity to ask questions out of fear of not knowing the answers. Throw that away. Put that in the trash. Dump it in the trunk. Lock it. Lock the car. Throw the keys. Don't be afraid of not knowing the answer to the question. First of all, an audience asking you questions shows that they already look up to you. You've already made an impression on them. Think about it that way. Plus, they're there. They are there to learn from you. Um, but opening the door to questions also opens the door to a possible learning experience. Let's say you don't know the answer. That's fine. Because if you're prepared and you've rehearsed and you've studied ahead of time, which we've touched on and which we've been through, let's face it, you're going to know 80 to 90% of their questions you got to have faith in yourself. you gotta, you got to trust that part of the process. But if it so happens you don't know a possible answer, you've, there's a shot that you've provided the opportunity for a brand new learning experience. It might take the conversation. It might take the lesson on a whole or to a whole new level that you never thought of. And that, in a, in a, in a sense can possibly be not only a learning experience for the group, but a learning experience for you. I encourage you to open the door to questions. Um, engagement is going to make your presentation memorable. Um, you are going to be more of the original you when you are answering a question or when you're having a conversation that is less scripted. Think of it that way. And that makes you memorable. That makes you relatable and approachable, all the things that we are working towards to connecting with our audience. On to the fourth point, humor. Actually being careful with humor. Jokes are fantastic. You want to have the group laughing. It takes away the stress. Uh, it makes people happy. And when they're happy, they're more inclined to hear you. They're more inclined to learn and, and, and really walk away with, with remembering your message. But jokes can also alienate part of the room if they don't land. You, you see what I'm saying? Uh, I, I want to reference back to uh, our distillery trip and where I, you know, where I, I thought of this episode during and after. And how cool is that? I can't believe I haven't mentioned it just yet, but being able to, to pull an episode for Speakeasy after, after a trip to the Bourbon Trail. I digress, guys. Um, but careful with jokes because they may alienate possibly even offend a portion of your audience. You want everybody on board, guys. You, you don't want to lose one or two. Um, so on that distillery trip, I, another tour guide, and they were fantastic, but there was one who sort of had an ongoing conversation with just one person in our tour group. 
And I want to say that left a few of us behind. If we're not on the same page, if we don't have that common ground with a tour guide or with somebody teaching a class and they're sort of having their own conversation, well, some of the room isn't as locked in. And you want to watch out for that. You want to always be open to everybody in the room. Um, and that also goes back to spreading around those eye shakes, spreading around that eye contact, getting to know everybody's name and using it. And you can't say everybody's name, of course, during a, during a talk, um, but picking out a few to, to up the level of engagement. So humor is great, but be careful with it. Shy away from, from too many jokes. You don't want to alienate part of the room. Awesome. Glad I got to share all that. Moving on to the takeaways for the podcast today. I'm just going to go over. I have three points here. I'm going to go over what I think is the most important part of the message I want you to walk away with today. Always be open to learning. Whatever you do in every walk of life, maybe you're reading a book, and I've given you guys a bunch of examples, watching a, a, a comic special on Netflix. There are so many places, there are so many opportunities in our everyday lives to learn from those we speak with, to take mental notes of how somebody addresses a crowd or the, the skills and the body language and the, and the delivery methods that they have that you can take from to use to improve yourself. The audience, second, the audience wants you to do well. They're your fans. If you do well, they enjoy the experience and they learn more. So they're cheering for you. Um, you might feel all alone on that podium with all the eyes on you, but remember, they they are there as well for a positive experience, and they want to see you succeed. And then maybe the most uh, important thing that the eye shakes, guys. This is also an exercise. When you next time you you meet somebody, um, if you shake their hand, if you prefer a fist bump or an elbow bump these days, try to lock in, try to make eye contact three to four seconds or so three to five seconds you'll know you'll know if it's too long don't don't you know don't over worry about that but when you meet someone or when you're making that first impression if you do the handshake you do the fist bump make sure to do the eye shakes as well make that eye contact Okay, hey, it wouldn't be speakeasy without the speakeasy suggestion. Super important for this episode and all of them. At the end of the, at the end of each podcast, I sort of tell you a little bit about what I'm uh, enjoying in in the terms of spirits or adult beverages as of late. And and I'll be honest, I lately I like my bourbon more so neat, and I like to to sample different flavors, different kinds, different distilleries. Um, but your drink is right for you. The right way to drink bourbon, the right way to drink a cocktail is the way that you like it. And this one is super easy. Take some bourbon cream. You can find most of these at, at, at any, any of your participating liquor stores. A bottle of this stuff is should only run you about 20 bucks. And when we went to the distilleries, we got uh, a bottle of bourbon cream from Buffalo Trace. You, you take that you pour it over uh, a glass of root beer, throw some ice in there. If you want to add a little vanilla ice cream, um, you can do that as well. But maybe a shot and a half or two shots of this bourbon cream, and it is going to taste like one of the best root beer floats that you have ever had. I do promise you that. Um, again, the vanilla ice cream is optional. It might be a little too sweet for some. It might be just right for others. But the bourbon cream root beer float it is phenomenal. I do advise you or I do recommend you partake. 
this has been a fun episode. I hope you've enjoyed it as well. Uh, as Before I go, I always want to remind you or encourage you folks to follow me on social media. The, the podcast itself, Speak Easy Egan on Instagram. Um, I, I post a, a you know, some, some quotes and, and some, some tips, different ideas, uh, different uh, episode teases on there. I encourage you to follow on Instagram at SpeakEasyEgan. Also, Eric Egan TV across all platforms. Please give me a follow. Facebook, Twitter, Instagram as well. And if you ever have a, have a question or an idea or concept you want me to, to follow or dig into uh, on, a, on a podcast episode, please email me at ericegan6 at gmail.com. If you're interested in one-on-one coaching or consulting, that's the, the best way to get a hold of me there as well. All right, friends, we're doing this, and I appreciate you following along, your loyalty. I appreciate you listening. Thank you for the kind reviews and the subscriptions. Um, the support means so much. And I will leave you with this, as I always do. Be confident, be memorable, be you. Thanks for listening. We'll talk next time.